everybody, it's Play to Innovate, the innovation show that goes beyond the hype. Now here's your host, my dad, Brett Schwab. Welcome to another episode of Play to Innovate. Today I want to talk to you about tracks or roads. We all tell ourselves stories about well, ourselves, other people, our life, and our work. It's part of our self-image, so not only does it set where we see our place in the world, but the work that we're capable of doing. In my early 20s, I discovered that there was actually a metaphor that permeated my view and actually set the foundation for my story. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you know I talked about it there briefly, maybe a couple weeks ago. But I want to give it justice by expanding on a few points. And while this talk today might actually be shorter than my regular half hour, uh, I think I'll get through everything. Now, in my one-minute video, I asked, given the choice, do you see your world as tracks or roads? In other words, are you traveling down train tracks or riding on roads? And I suppose a few of you actually might be saying, hey, buddy, I make my own path, and I'll get to you in a bit. But first, kudos to you, but I will address that in a bit. I used to feel that my world was train tracks. My language was all about being on the right track or being on or off track. Adults would actually talk to me using that same language. When I wasn't doing well in school, I'd be off track a little. If I was following the wrong group, I jumped on the wrong train. I actually remember one conversation with my mom vividly talking about being on the wrong train and something about if they jumped off a bridge, would I? So uh, it was really a strong metaphor in my life. They made it sound like there was some kind of prescribed path that I should be able to find and follow. So to my young mind, it sounded like there were very specific and correct rules that, well, if I followed, would lead to automatic success in life. When I agreed that they were right and I needed to get onto the right track, the process of switching tracks sounded like a daunting feat one that I wasn't capable of on my own and would take the watchful eyes and guiding hand only they could provide. After all, if I were to succeed, it would only be by carefully and faithfully following their rules. I could go on and on about this and the many ways that that metaphor guided my personal life, but as I started to look at finding a career it started to negatively impact me in ways I didn't see until I was actually, it was almost too late. Because I thought there was only one right path. I didn't actually go and look for alternative solutions to anything. Because I actually didn't think that they were out there. Again, I thought there was some kind of simple set of rules we were all supposed to learn and follow. And perhaps I just wasn't getting it. Actually, I started believing that there was something wrong with me because... I just wasn't getting it, and I didn't like following their stupid rules. So up until my early 20s, I looked at other people in authority for the right way to think or the right direction to take. I thought my role in life was to just uncover the right answer as if it was kind of out there somewhere. And in many ways, to me, the world was somehow filled with one right answer for each and every issue, and we were all just kind of uncovering those answers. So teachers, my parents, successful people were the people who amassed enough of those right answers to kind of gain authority or some kind of success in their life. Meanwhile, the irony in all this is as a designer and as even a design student, 
They were looking to me to make the right answers. And it wasn't until I changed my metaphor that my life actually started to change. But to do that, I had to recognize that I had control. This revelation came as I was driving. It was one of those days with the radio off, window open, and a long trip ahead of me on my way to a friend's house. And a person I, I actually hardly saw, and there was kind of good reason for that. But I was lost in my thoughts, not really wanting to make the trip or actually be with other people in the first place that day. It was just one of those days and one of those people that insisted, hey, I haven't seen you for a while and just kind of made me feel guilty about it. And so about a third of the way there, I decided to change my destination. And the revelation part came when I recognized the thought that was kind of going through the back of my mind is, I can't, I have to keep going. I made a promise or, you know, that's, you know, I was told to do this. At that moment, I realized that I actually had the power to change things. I didn't have to rely on some one right answer to guide me or do what other people wanted. And I finally realized that I didn't have to do or follow some set path. So instead of going to my friend's house, I decided to look for art supplies. And that moment is when my mindset changed. So not only did I realize on a personal level that I am in charge, my career changed. I stopped accepting bad bosses and bad jobs that were essentially beneath my skill level. And I started putting some thought into what I was looking for. Just as importantly, I saw my role change from finding the answers to actually making the answers. So by now you're probably asking, what does this have to do with innovation and creativity? Well, your mindset, the way you see the world, either closes you off or opens you up to what you need to do to be creative and innovative in whatever area of interest you have, whatever career path you've chosen. And the fact is, everyone is born creative. There is this mistaken belief that creativity means being an artist, but Again, that's a big mistake. Creativity means that you have the ability to solve complex challenges and to learn to see unique solutions that other people may have missed. And I want to take a pause here and say that I try and avoid using the word problems and I try and use the word challenges because that's also another part of the mindset. A challenge is something that you can solve and it might be unpleasant, uncomfortable, whatever, but you can solve it. A problem, on the other hand, is something that is going to take a lot of people to help you. Uh, it might involve uh, a lawyer, it might involve a big team, but it is a problem and it could negatively affect you on the very long term. A friend of mine who brought this whole concept to my attention said, a challenge is finding out you left your wallet at home when you're at the cashier. But a problem is being held up at gunpoint. You are now out of control, and the whole situation is in somebody else's hands and could affect your life in really negative ways, uh, which is an understatement, but you get the point. And the other thing is, notice that I said learn, and that's because for the most part, once you go beyond basics in almost anything, you're solving problems that require thought and creativity, which means that you need to learn those techniques, those tools, and to learn the habit of putting the energy into that thought. I've talked to enough people that say that they're not creative, and it makes me wonder how they actually do their job. 
And worse, they talk as if they're kind of out of control in that regard. Like they didn't get the creative gene, or they're just hoping that their other skills can compensate for their lack of creativity. They have this mindset that they're on an immovable set of tracks, or riding in a train, and they talk about that. They talk about how they got on the right train and they're, they're going in the right direction. A view that implies that someone else is in control, setting the destination, and they were just lucky enough to somehow get on the right train in the first place. And I contend that, yes, luck does have something to do with it. Luck has a lot to do with a lot of people's success, but also the hard work and determination to make that luck was in play as well. And the saddest part is that there are people who are in creative fields like engineering or writing or constantly solving complex problems like in customer service or office managers. Because of the metaphor they use to see their world, they've stopped exploring. They now accept the first good answer that comes along. Now the good news in all of this is that I have found people who do accept that they are creative and can learn to be even more creative. But then there are the people who, for one reason or another, insist that that's all for them and I should just let them be. And they obviously are happy where they are, so I leave them alone. Although I do get a little frustrated because I see all this potential wasted. But changing our metaphor to see our world as roadways is the foundation to taking more control. Just as with being behind the wheel for real, we have the responsibility to do the thinking. Still, we get to set our destination and find a route that works best. The analogy here is that there are usually multiple ways to get from point A to point B in whatever project you're working on. Of course, that means staying flexible and learning to change things as we go. And as my good friend and mentor, Lalit, once pointed out, even on a straight road, we're constantly making small adjustments to the wheel. No one holds the wheel perfectly still as they're driving. They'd crash eventually. And we quickly learn that those bumps on the road are just that, and don't even give them a second thought over time. We just adjust the wheel. And when that Chicago-level pothole jumps out in front of us, we find another route, or we move around it. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to hit that pothole and blow a tire on occasion, but we can recover. That's why I use the term challenge rather than problem. But in more direct terms, we are all able to regain that creative spark in the things that interest us. By changing our mindset, we literally direct our life and our work past our status quo. Now, personally, I actually imagine a world where more people understand how to think past average, past that first good thought. And I know everybody does it. I do it too. That first good thought comes to your mind and you run with it. And especially depending on the situation, it might actually be the best course of action for that moment. But especially in our work, getting past that first good thought will help us to see possibilities that we never would have considered in the first place. Doing that does take a little energy, but it, mostly it takes the willingness and desire to learn to think differently. I always advocate for using my play to innovate technique, and it's not just because it's mine, but because it's fun and it's a safe way to explore and it gets people to come out of their shell. But really, anything that gets you thinking in ways you don't normally think 
is a great start. Of course, just go back to play to innovate when you're ready. But remember this, I'm not trying to turn everyone into a designer. After all, there is creativity and innovation in any field. And while we're at it, I'm not saying everyone is going to solve the energy crisis. But I am saying it's up to you to take control of the solutions you find and make them more than average. After all, the world is filled with plenty of average solutions that don't work or are just tolerable. Now, if you're ready to hop off the train and start driving, there are a few things that you can do right now. So first, start exploring more. Get and stay curious about anything and everything you don't already know. Or go deeper in the subject you already know. As you're exploring, continuously think about how you can apply the concepts you've learned in that exploration to the work you're doing. And you'll be surprised what you discover. And second, ask a lot of questions. Talk to people outside of your world. And that means your work and culture. So when it comes to other people's work, ask about their projects, the complexities and solutions that they encounter. What concepts can you take away from what they're explaining to you and apply to your work? Now, when it comes to culture, just talk to people and see how they think. Don't go and start asking your one friend from wherever about all of their cultural things. It actually tends to be insulting. And from the people I've talked to, it is exhausting to be that one friend that everybody goes to and they start feeling like they're kind of representing all of, quote, their people, which is actually a daunting task in and of itself because everybody's different. So again, just talk to people, have real conversations with them, and listen to how they think. You'll, of course, find that we actually have more in common than not. But as I've talked to people from other countries, I've gained a small insight into the different ways they all tackle things. From the way we define our home addresses or our addresses in general. So like in China, where they define their addresses differently than in the United States, uh, and it's almost kind of reversed from each other, to more obvious things like fashion and even gender identity. So like in South Korea, where kind of this uh, new makeup for young men has come into vogue. Even when they're wrong about how they make their pizza. Chicago style is the best. All right, let me get back on track. I mean, let me get back on the right road here. All right, third, try new things. Really, seriously, build a place where you can experiment. At home, that means hobbies or taking classes. At work, that may mean working on a pet project in the little spare time you can find. But do something that's unrelated to your main work and see how you can apply what you're learning to your main work. Now, for me, this has meant learning to sew. So I took classes with my wife and kids, and we learned to sew. And, and by sew, I mean sewing beyond the Boy Scout sewing patches on level or sewing a button on level. Uh, we actually made pants, which is really difficult. And as someone who started off loving sculpture and mostly did that, through my school years and into my adult life, I actually took up painting and I was able to apply some of those concepts to the sculpture. I also make YouTube videos with my daughter. I make many videos for LinkedIn. Uh, I am actually now podcasting, as you can hear. 
I've written a couple of books, and one is actually still in editing, but we'll get through that. And I've done a ton more, things that I've even forgotten about until I dig them out of a box someplace. Over time, though, I've found things that I, I always like to go back to, and so like sculpture and painting and even YouTube videos, but things that were only fun for a season. So I may never write another book, although I do have a few more ideas. And who knows how long this podcast will last, so now's the time to listen. All right, the fourth thing you can do is start asking great questions. And they all start with, does it have to be? Why and what if? And I've talked at length about this, not only in my book, Play to Innovate, but also on episode three of this podcast, so you can go back and listen to that. Um, So I'm not going to go into details here, but those are the three best question starters. And while on occasion you actually will come back to that first solution you thought of. So for me, about a quarter to a third of the time, I do actually come back to that first concept that I thought of. These questions will help you get past average. So even if you come back to that first concept that you thought of, the questions and the exploration will help you find concepts you wouldn't have thought of, but can maybe use on a future project. All right, so now for all of you who say you're the off-roaders, uh, look, that's the best. I love it. I, I wish I had enough guts to be an off-roader all the time. I do tend to like to push people's boundaries and see if I can get them to think past where they are. And I don't know why I love to challenge people's um, ways of thinking. I guess it's kind of just to see what would happen, um, which is kind of rude. But I also, more seriously... I I really want people to see that there's a world beyond the world that they see. And I try and do that with myself as often as I can. I personally still do have a comfort zone, and I do go running back to that comfort zone on occasion. But I also like being out of that comfort zone because I finally learned that when you're out of that comfort zone, that's when you start feeling the most incompetent. But that doesn't mean that you really are incompetent, only that you're doing something new and growing. But back to you off-roaders. I would say make sure you have the self-discipline to set correct boundaries and stay connected with the people who can actually help you when you ask for it and when you need it. But above all else, respect those who are still not there. And I highly encourage you to gently encourage other people to move towards your bravery. And I guess this is partially why I try and push people's boundaries for them. But I do back off when they want me to. Because not everyone will get where you are. But they may just move a little more in your direction. And again, I do all of this because I believe sincerely in my heart The more people who are pushing their boundaries, the more people who are exploring, and the more people who are finding innovation and creativity in their work, the better the world as a whole will start to be. All right, well, that's all I have for you today, and I hope you got something out of everything I was talking about. I really encourage you to please get out there and just start even slowly asking questions and exploring and looking at the metaphor that you're using to define your world, your work, and yourself. 
and see if maybe there's a better metaphor for you out there. It doesn't have to be tracks and roads. That was just what happened to me. And maybe yours is flying and off-roading. I don't know. Or swimming. Whatever. But maybe take a couple of weeks and start exploring how you define your world, the language you use, the metaphors you use, and see if changing those metaphors, that language, will actually start moving you in a better or new direction. All right, well, that's everything I've got. So talk to you later. Bye. While I have you here, if you are ready to go to that next step and learn more, check out my book, Play to Innovate. You will find it on Amazon.com. Just search for Play to Innovate and you will find the book. If you would like to set up a workshop for your group or your company, let me know at brett at fivepebblesllc.com. That's B-R-E-T at fivepebblesllc.com. Those two to three hour dynamic workshops are hands-on training that will take you step-by-step through one of your projects. We will better define that project as end results and benefits. You'll also look at the things that might be holding you or your company back so that you can better change them. We will then go through a dynamic, fun, play to innovate session to find solutions for your project. And then the follow-up will be a time for Q&A and to better define those solutions we found in the play to innovate game session. Everybody will leave feeling fully equipped to use the techniques and mindset, not only to complete the project that we started in the workshop, but also on their future work. So again, if you are ready to set up a workshop, contact me at bret at fivepebblesllc.com. That's the number five, pebblesllc.com. Talk to you later. Bye.